What's up, everyone? Welcome to the podcast. I'm your host, Isaiah Copon. It's January 8, 2021, and this is Lift and Learn episode 17. In this episode, I'll be breaking down why it's so important to track your food and why BMI is basically useless these days and why it's not a good way to judge if you're obese or not. Before that, though, I'll talk a bit about what I've been up to lately and that might include fitness-related topics, and it might not. If you want to follow me, your host, on Instagram, it's isaiah.copon, and you can also check out my website, isaiahcopon.com. The podcast is on Instagram, at liftandlearnpodcast, on Twitter, at liftandlearnpod, and also on Facebook. You can just search Lift and Learn Podcast. With that being said, let's get into it. I hope the first week of 2021 was a success for you. Mine has been pretty decent so far, albeit pretty boring. The body's feeling good though, gyms are still open for me, and that's all I really need. So squat went up to 280 last week, 280 pounds, after absolutely crushing my sets last week with some old school Lil John. Okay! <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> yeah, I had that blasting in the headphones there. If you can't PR listening to those crunk albums, then it probably was never meant to be. I was looking at the years those albums came out, and that was actually 2002 and 2004. That would have meant I was listening to that music before I was 15 years old, and there's swear words literally every second word. What a bad influence. But whatever, it managed to pull me through some tough sets this week, so I can't complain. It's still better than that new music that gets played today, and that may make me sound a little bit old just by saying that. In case you care, my bench press is up to 260 for a few reps this week, and my overhead press is almost at 135 again, finally. So let's kick things off with a bit of corona news and get it over with. Looks like England and parts of the UK are back in lockdown again, and I think I also read that California has no space left in their ICU anymore, which obviously isn't a good sign. There's like a new mutated strain that's hitting places everywhere now, and has been confirmed to be in Canada, California, overseas, and in New York. And while all that is going on, what does the NFL decide to do? Well, the Buffalo Bills will be hosting a playoff game tomorrow, that's Saturday, and they're actually going to have 6,700 fans in attendance. That seems kind of crazy with everything going on, but it doesn't seem so bad when you read a little bit more into it, and could be a hint of the future of watching sports as a fan going to arenas. So, of course, social distancing will somehow be applied, and masks will have to be worn, in addition to that, though, everyone who attends will have to be tested two or three days before the game, and they'll have to pay for the testing, which will be $63, and they'll also have to pay for parking, which is $11. I already saw a video where there was a huge line of cars waiting to get tested for the game. That price, though, doesn't seem like a bad deal for the diehard Bills fans out there, so good luck to them, 
and hopefully these sporting events don't become another super spreader event. If there is a big enough event, those ICU beds are going to get even slimmer in that area. All that while they mention that California ICU beds are nearly 0%. Well, luckily they had a spot for Dr. Dre. So he seems to be doing great right now, but he suffered a possible brain aneurysm earlier this week. But like I said, he himself sent out a message that said he's feeling great and should be going home soon. All this is happening while he goes through a divorce, and I even read that just hours before he was, or sorry, just hours after he was admitted to the hospital, his house was being targeted for a possible robbery. Four people ended up trying to get into his house, but couldn't get in, and they were detained later that night. So moving on from that, let me talk about my new product, Chromecast with Google TV, which is one of the Christmas presents I got. It's pretty awesome to use, has a nice little remote that has shortcuts to both Netflix and YouTube, and has Google Assistant built right in, which I actually use. Now, if you already have a smart TV, then this might not matter much to you, but I know it'll be even more awesome when I go home and have this with me because I don't have a smart TV in my house yet. Yeah, I know they're kind of cheap to get right now, but my TV works perfectly fine, so there's no need for me to get another right now. So for $50, the Chromecast will definitely come in handy. This is the third iteration of it that I've actually gotten. I still remember trying to get the first gen one back in 2013. I couldn't even find it in Canada at the time. Then when I traveled to the US, I ended up getting one at Best Buy for $35. And I ended up having it in Canada months before it was actually available. I actually still use that old one today just to cast things to the TV like YouTube or Netflix, but now the new one has its own user interface and makes things a lot easier. So what did I use my new Chromecast for? Well, besides the YouTube highlights of the NBA that I've been watching, obviously this week was all about Cobra Kai on Netflix, which is awesome. So if you didn't listen to what I said last week when I told you to watch it, then go do it after you finish listening to this episode. Season 3 was released last week, and I finished the 10 episodes this week. It's an easy one to get through because the episodes are around a half hour each only. Even after watching the Cobra Kai series, I ended up watching Karate Kid, the original one, not the Jaden Smith version. And I watched that again, and might even watch 2 and 3 if I have some time this week. One more thing before I dive into the fitness topics for this week, some Dexter news for you. And if you don't know, Dexter is one of my favorite shows that ended in 2013, and honestly, in the stupidest possible way. It's basically a show about this guy Dexter who kills bad guys. Well, the show is possibly coming back this fall for season 9 and will be a 10 episode limited series and it'll bring back Dexter who's played by Michael C. Hall and it will be written by Clyde Phillips who wrote the first four seasons of Dexter. When he left, that's when it kind of went off the rails so I'm hoping these 10 episodes make up for that ending. It was also just revealed earlier this week that Clancy Brown will be the villain for this upcoming season of Dexter. And I went through his IMDb because the name wasn't familiar to me off the top of my head. So I had to find out who it was. The only thing I know him from was that he was one of the voices in Spongebob. And was Captain Hadley from Shawshank Redemption. Which is one of my favorite movies of all time. 
He was one of the villains in that movie as well. He almost threw the dude off the roof in that movie and ended up also beating a guy to death in jail too. Yep, I'm looking forward to this season. And really, the last thing I gotta touch on. I was looking at my metrics last week for the podcast and I totally forgot to mention this last week. So I was looking at the metrics for the podcast and unsurprisingly, most of the people who listen to this podcast actually come from the US. Well, as you may know, I'm Canadian and Canada is actually only third on the list when it comes to listens for the podcast. In second place actually is Ireland. So shout out to my listeners from Ireland. I never thought I'd reach a place like that. So I just wanted to say hello over there and stay safe at home during the lockdown. Topic one, why you need to track your food. So I brought this up last week as well in episode 16, where I talked about what you can do to start your fitness journey and if you're new to this whole thing. And I'll recap that a bit and then we'll dive even deeper into it as well because this is going to be so important when it comes to staying healthy in the long term. First off, let's get all the science and stuff out of the way because it's actually been shown in a study that tracking your food will actually help with weight loss. There was a study done on people who had a heart-healthy diet, whatever that means, along with an exercise program. The people who did not track their food actually lost 9 pounds, but the people who did track their food plus exercise managed to lose double the weight. That's 18 pounds over the course of the study. That alone tells us a lot, actually. It shows us that exercise leads to weight loss, but that's obvious, and that tracking your food is just as important. I'll even take it a step further and say that diet and tracking your food is even more important than exercise. In today's world, it's so easy for our diet to cause problems within our body that we choose to just ignore and blame on other things, and then we continue to eat poorly. If you want to make some change in your health, then you're going to have to track your food because it gives you that sense of awareness, which I'll bring up again later. You can only eat based on taste for so long until it catches up to you. I get these questions all the time, and if you're in the fitness industry, then it seems like a stupid question, really. What is a protein? What exactly is a carb? First thing I used to think is, what? You don't know what a carb protein or fat source is? Okay. But then I take a step back and quickly realize that we were all there at the starting line at some point. 2020 is over and that decade is thankfully done with, but at the start of that decade in 2010, I knew absolutely nothing about exercise and nutrition, and now it's become my life. If you're a personal trainer listening to this and you get that question, what is a carb, and just basically say to your client that, wow, you're stupid, or at least you give them that vibe then I can tell you right now that's not going to be a good start for him or her and could instantly turn them off of this journey or postpone their journey even longer because they're going to feel dumb. And if that's the case, take a step back and put yourself in their shoes. If you are someone looking to be more healthy, then at the end of the day, if you don't know, then you need to educate yourself. And a good way to do that is to start learning by tracking your food. If you don't know and just give up so quick because you don't know, 
then you're setting yourself up for failure, really. It is going to require some amount of work to get to a certain goal. You don't just take a medication or a supplement. There's no easy solution, at least at first. This isn't like the doctor's office where you have a problem, you tell the doctor, they figure out what it is, and then you take some kind of antibiotic or medicine for a week or two and it's resolved. That's not how this works if you're trying to be healthy for life. Yes, for me now, I find it pretty easy, but that's because I've been dedicated to this for over seven years, which sounds like a lot, but that doesn't compare to people who've been healthy for decades. And I know there's still room in my head to learn even more. And I'll get there one day, but that's what it means when we're talking about consistency. I've been eating rice all my life and eat it every day. I've been tracking it for years now, so I can pretty much eyeball how much rice is on my plate to know approximately how many grams it is. At times though, I still double check just to make sure that my guessing is accurate because it's always a good thing to double check at times. Sometimes you can be wildly off if you're eating something like a banana. Sometimes they have those big ones at the supermarket and that could mean the difference between a 90 gram banana and a 150 gram banana. Trust me, it makes a huge difference, especially if you're trying to transform your body. So, to start tracking your food, invest in a food scale for yourself, and make it easier for yourself by downloading an app like MyFitnessPal, or Lose It, or Fat Secret, and those apps will help you track the foods you eat. Yes, I know it can be time-consuming at first, but it'll help you understand more about what you're eating. And that's going to be important for you to manipulate your body, whether you're trying to gain weight or muscle, or lose weight. If you're really new to this whole thing, you may find that some foods will actually shock you when it comes to the macronutrients that are in the foods. And that's happened to me dozens of times. Then, weeks or months down the road, maybe you don't have to track every single thing you eat. For me, currently, I track my food just once or twice a week these days because I can usually just eyeball my food to guess how many macros and calories it is. Eventually, you want to and you should get to this kind of point. That's what people call intuitive eating. Now, if you don't know what's in your food, you can't just skip ahead all the way to the final step that is intuitive eating. Because if you don't know what you're eating, then you're not going to know how to make progress and you'll just be guessing. In terms of being healthy, that means 50% of the way you'll get to your goals is from diet. At least. I'm not saying to track food all the time, but you're going to need to do it eventually. There's no way you know what's in your food. And if you don't know, then you don't know exactly what it is that you're going to need to do to tip the scales in either direction. It makes it really simple. Yes, tracking can be tedious, but if you're serious about actually being in shape, then you have to eventually do it. Now, obviously, you don't want to be a slave to the food scale forever, so take breaks from it. But that doesn't give you permission to just go off the rails and eat whatever you want during those times. And eventually, if you do it for long enough, you start to develop this skill where you can actually estimate how much food you're eating. I don't need to weigh my quinoa every day or my oats every day. I generally know what a 60 to 80 gram meal of oats looks like because I've done it so many times for me pouring it out over and over again. If I'm maintaining my weight, I won't track every single meal. I just know in my head what I need to generally eat 
and usually as long as my meals are balanced, I'll be within my calories for the day just eating normally. So, like I said, earlier this week, I decided to open my fitness pal for the first time in a while, just to see how my eating has been going. I generally eat the same thing for two to three days at once, so it's good to track and see exactly how that's going. I recently added cashews back into my diet, and nuts are high calorie, but they contain good fats. So I had to measure that out and make sure I wasn't eating 500 more calories than I'm supposed to be eating. Because, like I said, eating cashews or any kind of nuts as a snack, you could quickly be eating too much because honestly, they're just so easy to eat so many because they're a higher calorie food because of its fat content. So I made sure to keep that under 100 grams because I think it's nearly 600 calories for 100 grams of cashews, so I didn't want to go overboard. With that being said, when it comes to tracking at first, you have to track everything you consume. That means even the small chocolate bar or snack you have, or the creamer in your coffee, for example. At least you need to do that at first, just for you to know everything you need to. On a side note, it's also good to track your water as well, because hydrating is so important. Human beings are about 60% water, so it's good to take that in, because that's what'll fuel your body, could help you lose weight, and it'll supplement your exercise and health goals. Looking back on your food logs will help you remember what you ate throughout the week, obviously. And that's why I use the apps because it's so much easier to look back on what you ate as opposed to a paper and pen method. A strategy I use when it comes to food tracking is to plan ahead. This applies whether I'm eating out at restaurants on the rare occasion or even if I'm just planning on eating at home. And it especially becomes useful if I'm planning on eating something new. For me, planning ahead is huge. So if you know me, I regularly work out in the mornings. So that time during my warm-up on the Stairmaster or treadmill, that's the time I'll use to plan out my meals for the day to make sure the food I'm eating is adequate for my current goals. So I plan out exactly what I'm gonna eat. Usually that means plugging in the breakfast I already had before I got to the gym. Then I figure out what my post-workout meal will be along with whatever my lunch and dinner and snacks are going to be that day as well. So you know what, actually, let me open it up right now and tell you a bit about what I ate. So I had some rice and eggs for breakfast along with a banana and chugged a bunch of water because I've noticed that if I have a ton of water before my workouts, I actually tend to perform better, especially in the mornings. So I don't have protein powder on me currently, so after the workout, I'll have that high-protein cereal I talked about earlier. That's Magic Spoon with two cups of milk. Then I plan on having some chicken thighs with some rice and broccoli. Then I'll have some Filipino food with rice and veggies, and yeah, that's pretty much my day. Then my fruits are scattered throughout the day as snacks along with some cashews. And that's it for me today, and that's a typical day. And that'll be anywhere between 2,500 and 3,000 calories, depending how much other activity I'll be doing today. Currently, I'm eating around 2,700 calories just to gain about a pound a month. So yes, it may be time consuming, but these days it's so easy to track, especially with my fitness pal since you can just scan the barcode or whatever with your phone's camera. At least 95% of the things I eat will pop up on there, but there is the odd time where it doesn't work. 
And in that case, just put in the brand name and whatever it is, and it should pop up or give you a good estimate. Tracking food will give you that sense of awareness about what you're eating and makes you accountable. Maybe seeing how many calories your snack is, that might turn you off of eating it so often if you're chasing some kind of goal. If you do get some sort of upset stomach, then tracking could actually help you identify some sort of food intolerance you may have, and that could benefit your health as well. Like I've said so many times, it's not all about the weight on the scale. You might find out that you're a bit lactose intolerant and cutting that dairy food product out and seeing how you feel over the next few days could help with that. With everything when it comes to becoming more healthy, start slowly. Invest in a food scale for yourself, download the food tracking app of your choice, and just start. Just do it for one day at first, and that'll already give you more knowledge and more information about exactly what you're eating. That should be a good start to making healthier choices in the future. Topic 2. Why BMI alone is useless in today's society. So in case you're unfamiliar, BMI stands for Body Mass Index, and you can easily calculate your own by taking your body weight in kilograms divided by your height in meters squared. And doctors to this day still use this in some scenarios because it can be a good thing to help you understand if you're at risk for certain diseases like diabetes or arthritis or things like high blood pressure. Well, if you take my BMI, which is right around 28, on this scale, I'm classified to be in the overweight category. And if you've seen me, I think I'm far from overweight. So there are some flaws to using this outdated scale. Of course, there are many people all over the world who exercise and are fit that may even be obese on this scale since muscle weighs more than fat does. Using the BMI scale alone to determine if you're healthy or not is obviously not a good idea, but it can be useful to identify possible issues that you could have. So a little history lesson here. BMI was invented in the 1830s, so it's outdated and flawed at this point. It's become pretty inaccurate in today's world. If you've been lifting weights consistently for more than a few months, your numbers could easily throw it off because the formula literally only takes two things into account, height and weight. Being a healthy individual is way more than that. Like I said, my own BMI says that I'm overweight too, since I'm 168 centimeters tall and 170 pounds. And I may be a bit bulky, but I definitely don't look like someone who would be classified as overweight, so BMI isn't something to worry about in the long term or as a goal. If you've started a fitness routine along with cleaning up your diet, then don't worry about this BMI scale too much. You may notice certain things like, oh, I was 130 or 150 pounds before and I didn't look like this. And that's because muscle will shape your body unlike fat. Usually people tell me they want to lose weight. And most people do need to lose some weight, but you'll eventually get to a point where maybe you start at 140 pounds and you want to get down to 120 pounds. Let's use this as an example. So you're 140 and want to lose 20 pounds because your goal is to be 120 pounds. You might notice that when you get down to 130 pounds, that's losing 10 pounds only. 
All of a sudden, because you put on muscle, you might look incredible at this 130 pounds, this new weight for you, and better than you ever thought you could look at 120 pounds. Like I said, muscle will shape your body, and you'd be amazed at what you can do by resistance training along with a good diet, regardless of what the scale and the BMI scale says about you. So BMI, it has a few flaws, and it ignores waist size, which is an actual indicator of a person's obesity level. Body composition is another important part, and BMI also doesn't take that into account at all. A better way to measure your progress is the weight number along with measurements along your hips. The weight number alone helps a bit, but you're going to be even more accurate if you take measurements as well. If you've been weighing yourself every day for a month, you're 150 pounds now and 150 pounds the same weight a month from now, you might think that you've made no progress. But if you're also doing the measurements, you might notice things like your arms grew 0.5 inches your chest increased an inch, meanwhile your waist shrunk one or two inches. So if you're the same weight but increase size where it counts and reduce size where it counts, then you can bet that you're making progress regardless of what the scale says. You have to look at your progress and gains from multiple angles, and this is one that often gets overlooked. Tracking your own measurements is something that people need to do more, but if you don't have a partner, then that may be difficult for you. But if you need some added motivation, then this will help you because it's another way to track progress. Pictures are another way if you're starting out. Just make sure to take the pictures under the same lighting and at the same time of day. That could be another way to help you stay on track and motivate you for life. Keep in mind that you can fall in the normal category of the BMI scale and still be unhealthy. And that actually happens more than 25% of the time, unfortunately. And that's why hips and waist measurements need to also be taken into account. So don't just take only the BMI scale into account when determining if you're healthy or not. And that concludes episode 17 of the podcast. Thank you for listening. If you really enjoyed the episode or my podcast as a whole, then please leave a review and comment on iTunes or whatever your choice of podcast platform is. Also, if you haven't already, you should hit that subscribe button because I'll be releasing episodes every Friday. If you want to follow me, your host, I'm Isaiah.Copon on Instagram. And you can also check out my website, IsaiahCopon.com. If you want to follow the podcast, you can check out at Lift and Learn Podcast on Instagram. And there's also a Facebook page if you just search Lift and Learn Podcast. Again, thanks for listening and be sure to tune in next week with another episode where I'll be talking about what the best supplements to take are and why you should only be comparing yourself to yourself when it comes to progress in the gym or otherwise.